You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a middle of the week episode here on the Locked On Utes podcast. And you know that means Sammy Moore is here to join us. She had a couple of terrific interviews this week from practice. She'll talk about talking to my favorite tight end of the tight end group, Dalton Kincaid. Then we'll move on and talk a little bit of Jonah Ellis, how they're both handling their new duties as uh, you know regulars within the rotation, how Jonah's dealing with being a freshman, how Dalton is dealing with having to share so many reps with the other tight ends, and how this team is progressing. Then we'll talk a little bit about the first college football playoff rankings being released, how it impacts Utah, and what our expectation and or hope is going forward. All that on a Wednesday episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. For November 3rd, 2021. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen Every day we are free and available on all platforms. And you know who else is free and available on this platform? But Wednesdays only, we have our lockdown exclusively. It is Slam and Sammy Mora. Sammy, welcome back. Thank you for having me back, you know. Sophomore appearance. How does it feel? Do you feel like you've uh, you've you've spent the offseason working on your craft, uh, getting better, getting in the weight room, getting stronger, getting faster? I've always been very slow, so I don't think we, we got faster in that capacity. But, you know, I've always – I love talking to Utah. I love coming back. I love talking with Brian. I love talking with you. So, like, you know, you can have me back anytime you want, and I'll probably say yes. I'll be like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready for that. The goal is to have more of you and less of me so that we'll try and make that happen as much as possible. Hey, I or, to mention- or equal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, 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 no. Separate. No, no, no. I'm not going to go there. We're not even. No, 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 no. We uh, here on the Locked On Utes podcast, we're all about uh, what Sammy has to say because Brian has too much to say and, and says it way too often. So I uh, wanted to let everybody know that this episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it, except for you, Hamburglar, you thief. Do you even know who the Hamburglar is? Yes, I do. I do thought you, know you were who Grimace go- is? Yeah, I was about to bring up Grimace. Yeah. Yes, I know who they are. Okay. Right. I'm not well, that I, young. We haven't seen Grimace I mean, ever, you know, not since that... Uh, you know, casting in the Avengers movie, apparently. Um, Stop. <laughs> but let's talk about something that's not going to make anybody on here grimace. That's Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you had an opportunity to talk to my favorite uh, tight end player prospect member. I They're like a boy band up there kind of now, right? Like with all of them, there's there's Dalton, there's Brandt. There's they each kind of have their role. Like Dalton's like the the smiley good boy. He has the same smile in every picture. Uh, Cole's got, got the, like the long hair. He's kind of the quiet one. Brand's kind of the brooding bad boy of the group. And then you've got Ali'i, who's just you know there along for the ride. Uh, 
probably brings a little bit of uh, comedy, comic relief to him. I, don't, I haven't seen them together in a while, but Dalton's been insanely good. Uh, I think I think this last game was likely one of his best. Had a couple different highlights. Was exceptional blocking on the edge. Had a tremendous catch that he take basically took away from a defender in UCLA. And then he also had a touchdown, which you know whatever. It's Dalton Kincaid touchdowns go together like uh, milk and cereal. What first off? What was your expectation going into the interview? Like, how did you think he was going to do compared to how he did? So I've talked to Dalton a couple of times before and I've learned now, like on the scale of like the tight ends, like on one end you have Brant, who's like very, not very talkative, but like his answers are long and they're detailed. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Cole, who's very quiet, reserved. You get answers you want from him, but you know, they're, they're one sentence. He doesn't elaborate much. Dalton falls like right in the middle which I appreciate because sometimes as a journalist, it's hard to sift through. You ask a question like, how do you think the team played? And they give you like a 17 sentence answer. It's hard to sift through that and find the parts that you want to run with and what is filler. But Dalton always gives you just, it's nice and condensed and I love it. But I've talked to him a couple of times. I love talking to Dalton. He's fun. He's his smile is like contagious. Like I was sitting there smiling at practice. I was like, you can't see my smile behind this mask, but dude, like go off. Like you do your thing. He is sneaky charismatic and he actually has a really clever sense of humor. Uh, at some point the episode will, will finally drop, uh, that we did with him to start the season on the Utah Blockcast. Um, who knows when that will be. Um, but, uh, one thing about him that I think is so you mentioned Brant, and it's kind of like having a conversation with Brant is kind of kind of like going on a horse ride on a ranch. You literally see all the pasture, you see all uh, you know the 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 range and and everything like that within the conversation, and that's just in the first question, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then you get back to the bunkhouse, and you're just like, where did we go? We saw so much just now. Um, Dalton is. Uh, I think probably this might be a point of contention with some people. I think he's the best tight end on the team currently. Um, I think what he brings to the table, what he's done on the field, his his reliability has made him the best. Now, I think Brandt's still probably the best uh, tight end prospect currently along with Cole. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thought that was – I think that's kind of where is – where his ranking is for me. Did he mention anything about like hierarchy or teamwork or anything like that in terms of how they're going about getting their touches or anything? Not really, but he did talk about how the three of them mainly thrive off of each other's success. So if Brant makes a huge catch, it gives him energy. Same with Cole. He also mentioned like, like just having, seeing them succeed is what makes them like each other succeed. I don't know if that made any sense, but like if Brant's succeeding, Dalton's going to succeed. If Cole's succeeding, Brant's going to succeed. It's very much like a it's a domino effect. One does something good, and the rest are going to follow. And I think that that really shows how like how they're playing too, because you know we've I talk about this a lot. It's how Cole Fotheringham doesn't do. He's not out there making the biggest catches every single game. He'll probably have one or two each week. But the stuff he's doing behind the scenes, like blocking and stuff like that, is is astronomical when you really think that, when you see how 
the rest of the team is building on that because he's had some key blocks and really, really, really key plays for this Utah team this entire season. Even going back to like the last couple of years, he's always been the more traditional of the three. And Dalton also has had some really good blocks too. So it's like you, even if they're not making the catches, they're still thriving off of each other and how they're performing. You mentioned that they kind of feed off of each other as a group. Did he say anything about the team and how they've been performing lately and what kind of vibe he was picking up from them? Um, Again, you know, most of the players you say it's that one and oh mentality every single week, but he did mention that like the Rose Bowl is still this, this, this big goal that the team has. And so is getting to that PAC 12 championship game, which, you know, if you would have mentioned that, after the San Diego state game, people would have been like, you're crazy. Like, let's just focus on like figuring out what's wrong with the team. But to see that, even though they did have that rough, rough patch and even that rough patch against Oregon state, that rough game, they still want the Rose bowl. They still want the Pac-12 championship. They haven't lost that goal, which, you know, now that they're two games ahead of Arizona state right now, you know, it's looking a little bit better every single day in every single game. He is as well-rounded a tight end, I think, as Utah has on the team. You know, he has some athleticism. He's an excellent blocker. He's done well on the edge. He's very versatile. I think Utah uses him in a variety of packages and ways. Did he mention anything about, like, a specific area of his game that he's trying to work on or or maybe, you know, if there's an area that he likes more than the other, you know, maybe he likes blocking more than catching passes? I don't know. He didn't mention that, but, you know, a lot of the guys I've talked to this week have always just said, like, I'm just working on improving my game overall. Like, some players have been more specific, saying, like, this is what I need to be better at, and this is what I'm working on. But Dalton's one of the ones that's kind of like, I'm just here to, like, help the team and just work off each other's successes, like I said, and make the team better as a whole. I mean, I do love like what he said towards the end of our interview, I just asked him like, what's the, like, what's the motive of this team, you know, coming off that huge win versus UCLA. And he just said, we can't get complacent. And that's the biggest thing. And I think that's huge because the PAC 12 is such a roller coaster of a conference that one week you could be on the top of the world and the next week you're down in the dumps. So if you get complacent, I feel like you're more likely to have that kind of situation. And if Utah doesn't have that, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, and and that's the interesting part about it is I think this team still is really yet to find its ceiling. But at the same time, uh, the consistent improvement, I think, is showing up week to week. Um you know, but I think it's interesting with the offensive side of the football because it seems like they're kind of consistently improving more in the run game, really, than anything else. I mean, the pass game's been pretty solid all 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 the way around. Did he say anything about the run game? He said, "Let's we got two ninety last week. Let's go for three hundred this week." <laughs> Which you loved, I you that's love great. To see it. Yeah, that's you great. Love to see it. It's it's good because you know. I've said it before, like, if you would have told me that Utah's pass game would be putting up more yards per game than the Utah rush game, I would have said, you're crazy. But I think now it's finally getting to the point where Utah's rush game is meeting where the pass game is. Tavion Thomas is just killing it. 
Man is a wrecking ball. He is a human wrecking ball that will do the thriller dance on you when he scores a touchdown. Yeah, he. he I think Tavion Thomas loves himself a good holiday, and especially when it's uh, All Hallows' Eve. What else impressed you about Dalton? Because we talk about him, and, and he does have kind of a gravitas to him that, that when you're talking there, you feel like just kind of a little bit happier and, and, and kind of just a little bit more vibrant and energetic. Did you notice anything else or have anything else to share about him and, and your experiences talking to him? Getting you to know, know him. Yeah, he's just he's so positive. Mm. Like the couple of times I've talked to him, he is like he has acknowledged the negative things that have happened. But he's also been like, but there's still a lot of good to see out of this. Like and I think that's huge, especially when a team is down. You need to find the, the positives and things and having someone like Dalton who's able to provide that for a team, I think is is huge. And I think it's key because when morale falls, you're probably going to see that effect on the field. And I think with him being there and being able to be that positive, like, hey, like, always, oh, like, let's look on the bright side. You know, I think that's going to help if the team does get into that bad situation. I think, like, Cam, Cam Rising has been proven and said multiple times that he's the same kind of person. So I think if you have multiple people on that team who do that and act that way, you're, you're kind of set. I would agree completely. I think that it becomes a little bit more infectious if you have people that have a gritty mindset. And I definitely think that both Cam and Dalton do in the sense that, like, they're not going to let struggles and and trials and and adversity interrupt what their goal is, right? And that's Mm -hmm. to keep working hard, growing, you know, uh, improving week to week and a little bit of everything here and there. Utah's going on the road this week to Stanford. And it's going to be a Friday night game for those who didn't know. And I'm sure there, you know, there's none of you literally that didn't know that already. But um, the one thing that maybe people don't think about is that they are 4-0 at home, but they're 1-3 on the road. Uh, did he have anything to say about going on the road or, you know, why there's been a, such a difference between the two records? So he doesn't think there's anything in particular that has led to Utah. So it like quote unquote struggling on the road, but he does say there, there is such an extreme advantage at playing at rice echoes. You know, you have the must you have now a like 50,000, 50 plus people in the stands every single game. And you don't have that kind of experience on the road. Most times you go to places like Stanford where the stadium doesn't fill up, or you go to places like the Rose Bowl at UCLA where it doesn't fill up or the Coliseum even where it's like empty. But I think that in like the one time, the one road game Utah did win this year was against USC. And there were more Utah fans in the stands than there were Trojan fans. So I'm not saying all Utah fans, you need to go buy your ticket right now to go to Palo Alto for the game on, on Friday. But I think we take for granted how great Rice Eccles is and how much of a home field advantage this provides for these guys, because there's a lot of colleges and a lot of college teams who don't have it, who have empty stadiums. So then when they go to stadiums like Rice Eccles and it's loud and it's packed, they struggle. And I think Utah's kind of seeing adverse effects of it because you go into these stadiums and it's empty. Mm. There's no energy for you to thrive off of. Mm. You're thriving off of your own little bubble. Whereas 50,000 people are cheering. You're, you're going to, you're going to get excited for that. 
You would hope so. Uh, I mean, I, if you don't I'm, get excited for that, like you, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, why, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why, why are you even going to the game? Why are you uh, using somebody else's ticket when that should be used by somebody else for sure? Um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I'm excited to see what the team does. This one's not, uh, you know, not as, um, like as maybe as big a spread as I think maybe folks would, would, um, maybe guess given that Stanford is what two and four right now in the conference and not doing well at all. And one of those wins is against Oregon. Yeah. And that, and that's just, that's the funny part about the PAC 12 is there's always these programs in these schools that like everybody kind of has their like hiccup team, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where it's just, you kind of have a hard time with them no matter what. Um, I think Utah's got maybe a couple, uh, Washington was it for a few years. It's been Arizona State at times. It's um, been USC for chunks too. Yeah, and that's kind of turned into a little bit more of a rivalry. I think maybe that trouble team right now is Oregon because I don't know if they've beaten oh. Oregon in a while. Um, I think that wasn't the last time we beat Oregon when Britton Covey was like a freshman, <laughs> and they like threw like it was like sixty-one to something at, at Austin. Like, yeah, uh, that was the one. I, I think everybody will remember that was the one where Britton Covey faked a, a punt. Re- turn yes actually uh, i think it was booby hobbs took it for the touchdown and Mm -hmm. uh if i'm not mistaken travis wilson was the quarterback so that gives you an idea of how long ago that was uh throwing touchdown passes to to kenny scott um so yeah i I think oregon maybe fits that that role for the university of utah there utah is currently favored uh by 68 percent in the espn fpi um if i recall correctly the line was six and a half um, and Utah's done well previously against Stanford, but I think this is being a Friday night on the road. You're going to have to see some really strong and, and consistent play from Dalton Kincaid in that tight end group. It's also interesting to see the stuff coming out of the Stanford camp this week that their quarterback, um, Tanner McCree, McKee, McKee, yeah, McKee, yeah, he is questionable, and then a bunch of other people on that entire team are questionable headed into this, like questionable doubtful or even out like the list that i saw on twitter today was was pretty long and i was like are they even gonna i know they're gonna have enough to field a team but it's not gonna be a stanford team at a hundred percent so you have defensive back you have two defensive backs who are probable you have a tight end at this that's probable you have mckee John Humphreys, Elijah Higgins are questionable. And then you have their running back, Casey Filkins and Lucas Unger are out. Mm-hmm. Like There's that's a long, long list. list. Yeah. Yeah. There's a long list of players on there for Sanford. I, uh, I think Austin Jones is still going to be a go. So like, is if Austin's Jones is that uh, not Austin's Jones, if Austin Jones is still on the, uh, on the probable list that they're at least going to have, you know, some players there, but Tanner McKee has been the difference maker for the offense without a doubt. And, and Mm -hmm. I, you would have to think that if he's not going to play that Stanford's going to try and run the ball against Utah rush defense. That's just floundering right now. Um, There's not a whole lot of other ways to say that. Um, So it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, We'll obviously continue to talk about it here with Sammy, around the corner but before we do we need to talk about the best way to play daily fantasy it's prize picks it is daily fantasy made easy 
I love this. I love playing Daily Fantasy. Sammy, have you gotten on the Daily Fantasy train yet? Not yet. I play regular fantasy football with my cousins. And everybody does that, right? Like, I think fantasy football is kind of a staple now for everyone. You got to be in a league. You're, you're likely in one. Some of you savages out there are in two or three. What I like about Daily Fantasy is that you don't have to worry about the league. You don't have to worry about the draft. You don't have to worry about talkback. It's just you playing against the numbers. Uh, they're a leader in, in college sports daily fantasy, meaning that's college football and basketball. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and have all the star players of Power 5 and G5, uh, some of which you might have even heard of. Do you remember who we talked about last week? The quarterback from Virginia. Yeah, Brandon Armstrong. We put the curse on him. He got injured. <laughs> so... We're not gonna say anybody this week. That's right. We are a we are a loving, caring podcast, so we're not gonna try and get anybody injured again this week. Uh, but you can pick any prop, you can pick any players from a variety of different things. Uh, you over under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry based on on the variety that you choose. They allow mixed sports entries, so you can take like the over on LeBron combined points with the under on Mahomes. Which, if you're picking on anything with Mahomes, maybe you go over on turnovers lately. Yikes! Yeah, yeah, he's he's my fantasy quarterback. I have Ooh. been I have been struggling. I'm sorry. Well, my backup was Baker, so I was even in a mm. worse position. I was in a worse oh, position, so yeah. I I picked up Mac Jones. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's a nice little pickup midseason. So go ahead and go to the Prize Picks app. You can find it on both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Use the promo code Locked On, and they will match your deposit up to $100, 100%. That means for every dollar you put in up to $100, you get another dollar back. Uh, simple maths. That's great. I love simple maths. And, you know, if you can win up to 10 times whatever you bet, it's a lot. Sammy, could you up, use up to 10 times what you normally make? Yes, I could. I there's Same. A, there's a lot of things I could Same. use that money for. There's a for. lot of things I could buy. Yep. You and me both. I mean, so, mine would be like paying off my loans. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to do that too. So that's that's the scary part is I'm like way ahead of you and I still haven't paid mine off. But don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Go pay off those student loans with your winnings. Make sure you use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. This episode of Locked On Youth is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stepping out after a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I can remember so many times going to McDonald's on road trips and, and the familiarity, the, the taste. You know, I, I, I can almost taste the uh, how good a double cheeseburger is. Far and away one of my favorite things, uh, favorite memories of being a kid. Seeing those golden arches was always familiar. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Utes watch party? Da, da 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 I'm loving it. Back here on the Locked On Utes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That's the best part about making Locked On Utes your first listen, is that you don't have to pay anything for it. Uh, we are lucky and privileged to be blessed by the influence and the knowledge and the uh, 
siren song of Sammy Mora. I, it's we're middle of the week. I'm starting to run run out of gas here on my um, creativity. On hey, it's on fun. Creativity. You, you're you're perfect. You're beautiful. You're you're, you're fantastic. <laughs> See, this is all I need. This is why I'm saying. Like, I just need to hand the mic over and let Sammy do her thing. Um, we're talking about Utah football a lot, obviously, this week. They're in the hunt of things. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about where they're going to kind of where they lined up and, and what lies ahead for them in terms of the college football playoff here after this segment. But I wanted to, you get the the privilege of going up to practice every single day. Uh, I hope to someday. Um, what's the Michael Scott line where he's like, I, I would like to. I haven't finished the office. So. Oh, that's OK. I haven't either. This is I'm going to get so much hate on Twitter for this. But I, I Cole has tried to get me to watch it. And I every time I like start it and then I just like get distracted by something. I think when he and Holly moved to Colorado is when I finally checked out. But um, mm-hmm. uh, like I can't remember who he says, oh, like birthdays. I would like to try one of those one day. Uh, I would like to try a practice visit one day. Um, <laughs> but you got to talk to somebody who I'm actually fascinated by and that's jonah ellis what was the what stood out to you the most about jonah so this was the first time i'd ever talked to jonah you know i just kind of texted steve bartle on monday night and i said you know just pick someone for me to interview on on tuesday and i'll i'll do it because i like those kind of challenges where they just kind of like hey here you go go talk to this kid and so i talked to jonah and he's he's for a freshman very well spoken. You know, I said that last week about Junior Tafuna, but this is the same thing. Like, very good. Gave me a lot to work with. And, you know, he's all in. Like, you know, he has only been playing on special teams for like a good majority of the season. He has had some reps on defense, though. He's in. He's all in. And I think that's a really good sign because, you know, you have those kids who get put on special teams and they're like, I don't want to do this. I want to be playing offense i want to be playing defense like that's not their thing but jonah literally said to me on um tuesday night he's like i'm just trying to do the best of my ability i can and the coaches are preaching special teams is the third phase of the game so that's what i'm working on i feel like that's that's huge it, it is and i think there's a couple things with jonah one he's still a little bit undersized you know he, i think he's permanently at the dn position now maybe i'm over uh, yeah over overreaching my bounds there but he is still just a little bit undersized he has been getting a few reps here and there on the edge you know i think they like him as a speed rusher and a guy who can get around the the corner and has some pretty good bend some of that probably comes from his dad and if you don't know that he's the son of utah legend luther ellis by now uh, I don't what have know. you been doing? Yeah, what have you been where, doing? Where have me, you been? Show us your hiding spot because <laughs> I may need to go there for a few 15 minutes to uh, to relax and, and get away from it all. Um, did you ask him at all about his dad and his relationship with his dad and how that influences him? Yeah. So actually just jumping back for a hot second, Coach Powell did say today that he has put on 12 pounds since he joined the program. And that's a good sign. Uh, he also uh, Jonah also mentioned that he's trying to put on weight. But going back to his dad, he said that he calls his dad a lot, but they don't talk that much football. They, he asks how he's doing and stuff, but Luther knows that Coach Witt is the real deal. He just he told Jonah to like make sure you're doing everything right and that you're doing everything to the best the best you can because Coach Witt sees those little things and he sees those little details. And that's how you're going to be able to make an impact on this team. 
is if you're out there and you're making the the if you're just do going above and beyond, even if it's the littlest things, even if it's on special teams, make sure you're the best special teams player out there. And we've seen it. He had a he had a tackle on that kick on the kickoff return versus UCLA last week, and that was a hard hit. Like he put his shoulder into that into that UCLA return man. Like who? Yeah, that was a slobber knocker, a snot bubbler, a deke leader, whatever your favorite nomenclature is. He he definitely laid the wood on that one. He is a young, young player. There are a lot of young kids on this defense. Did, did you guys have a chance to talk about that at all? Yeah, so, you know, he did shout out Mika and Devin for their leadership, saying that, like, this leadership group is the best leadership he's ever been around, which is a common theme. I've been hearing around practice and that we've been hearing around practice all season is that Devin, Mika, Cam are all phenomenal leaders. And, you know, it's showing on the field. Mika, according to Jonah, has been with him after practice pretty much every single day, just working on pass rush. Um, Devin Lloyd, when he was at the linebacker position, um, Devin was the same thing. He referred to Devin as like another coach, especially over the summer period. And then he said that I'm going to read this direct quote because it's just so mind blowing from a freshman. Um, He said, we got nine or 10 freshmen that are in the rotation and failure is just part of the process. And the coaches know that. And I think they really put an emphasis on learning and taking criticism because they can't be soft with us. They're going to yell at us just like all the other freshmen. And we learn from it and we get better. Wise words. That's a pretty deep, uh, not altogether surprising coming, understanding where he comes from, right? Playing for a father who is a coach, a chaplain, has has had a lot of that kind of leadership experience in his life and career. Um, But very deep, introspective stuff for a freshman. What was your favorite part about interviewing him? Uh, He was he was really nice. Like, you know. You know, when you usually walk up to these interviews, you, you always introduce yourself and you say like, hey, I'm I'm so and so I work with this pu- like publication and I walk up and I'm like, hey, I'm Sammy. I'm with you. So and he's like, oh, hey, like, nice to meet you. Like, how are you like trying to like make it easier, which I appreciate because sometimes I get into these interview situations and I start to shake. My voice gets all wobbly. And I turn into a mess. So having something like that just kind of not only eased me, but I think it eased him in because some of these answers, you know, this is not what you would expect to see from a freshman. And this story for you zone is, you know, it's really good. You know, he's a, he's a well-spoken. I'm excited to see more of him now. You know, he's a name that I hadn't really heard of a lot this season. And so I was like, oh, I wonder how he's doing. But now, like, you know, you see him make some big plays. He has played. He had a fumble recovery versus Arizona State, which I forgot about, which, you know, I think that proves how, like, good that defense was playing against Arizona State, too. Yeah, he was a big factor there. A lot of third down pass, pass rush situations, which I think I think he also mentioned when he's talking a little bit about his playing time. Uh, Sammy, great job with all the interviews this week. Uh, love Love getting your take on it, and I, I think you and the players have a really fun bond. So everybody needs to go read those articles. They're posted at utzo.com. Uh, we're going to come back here and talk a little CFP. 
before we do, we need to talk about sponsors. And one sponsor in particular, Built Bar, is the best tasting protein bar ever. Sammy, have you had a Built Bar yet? Uh, yeah, I've had two. I've had two Built Bars in That's my right. entire life. Yeah, we talked about those at the Utah Social Open. So shout out to Bill Bar uh, for sponsoring that. Bill Bar currently has a special on their website where you can get a mystery flavor. It's 10% off. And if you know anything about Bill Bar, you know that taste is a big part of what they do. Uh, most protein bars are chalky wax. You just plain hard to choke down. Bell Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you were eating a candy bar. Uh, which Do you remember which flavors you had? I had the cherry and the coconut. Yeah, Cherry Barcia is one of my favorites, but we need to hook you up with some of the real, real good ones like the uh, cookie dough chunk or uh, coconut brownie crumble or, or whatever it is. Um, those are my favorites. And they have all sorts of different uh, limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball postseason, which is now over. Congratulations, Braves, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Utes podcast, wrapping things up. Uh, for a Wednesday episode with Sammy Mora, uh, the amazing, the spectacular, the stupendous Sammy Mora. Sammy, uh, right before we recorded, because we record these the night before, uh, for all of our first-time listeners out there, ESPN announced the first college football playoff rankings. Biggest surprise was... Oregon, in my opinion. 100%. It was Oregon. No, I'm with you 100%. Came in in fourth place in the CFP. Were there any other surprises on that list for you? I mean, poor Cincinnati. <laughs> I, I felt bad for them because I was like, oh, they like, they did their hardest. Like, they tried their hardest. Like, but yet they're on the outside looking in yet again. And I was, I literally said this to Josh Furlog and Steve Bartle tonight at practice. I was like, I was finally getting used to not seeing Alabama in the top five. And the college football playoff was like, psych, Alabama, number two, which I was like, can we, can we not? Like, there are other teams that deserve to be up there more than Alabama, in my opinion. That was a surprising uh, spot for them, in, in my opinion. You know, I wasn't, I was expecting Alabama to be ranked. Look, you don't win like 10 out of the last 12 national championships and not get your your dessert or your flowers or whatever the whatever the heck the kids call it these days um i want to get my cookies can can we get somebody to get us some cookies for for good things that we do i made cookies this weekend i could bring you some you did it again <laughs> i'm sorry chili Verde before we got back on this oh i will killing me just killing I me i'll bring you some i'll bring you all of the no food. don't bring me cookies i don't want them i just 
I'm, I'm hungry. But uh, I, I feel like Cincinnati, where I'm just getting left out of the top, you know, the top four. And I, I think I deserve some Chili Verde burritos, you know, just like Cincinnati deserves a deserves a chance. I think their strength of schedule is what it is, right? They're not good, but they're undefeated. They've beaten Notre Dame. They've handled their business. So I think they probably deserve better than six. Uh, Alabama, too, is just I don't I don't like that because I, I I understand why Alabama is in the the top four and I'm not going to necessarily disagree with that, but at at number two is is frustrating. Um, I was really surprised at Oregon number four. That's the one that just kind of doesn't really make sense to me, but it does bode well for the youths at this point, right? Very well. Um, so if the season was to end today. Utah would be going to the Rose Bowl and playing Ohio State. That I feel like that's Ute fans' dreams. Not playing Ohio State, but like making it to the Rose Bowl. I that's like all of the bucket list items checked off. You know, well, not all of them because like you know you're not lifting a Pac-12 championship trophy yet. But like that's what this team has been talking about for ages. Back when, like, in 2018, when it was, like, finally, like, somewhat real of, of a realistic goal, it's, like, now every single season, it's, like, well, let's go for the Rose Bowl. Like, the fact that Utah can shoot for that as, like, their destination bowl game is something that I love. Because back in the Mountain West days, that was not a thing. It was, like, you were always, like, oh, well, we're going to go to – the poinsettia bowl or something like that. Like it was always something small, but now yeah. it's like Rose bowl or bust. And yeah. I like that. And I think Utah's made the circuit on enough bowl games in, in the last few years to where it's like, it, it really is kind of pressing that, that Utah fans want to get down to the Rose bowl, which I think puts you in a really weird conundrum because if you don't, if you beat Oregon, that basically ends your chances of going to the, the Rose bowl or well, it ends the guarantee of going to the Rose Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So if you beat Oregon either of the two times that you're likely to face them, uh, that really puts a damper on things, right? Yeah. Although if if you beat them in the championship game, uh, you're likely going to the Rose Bowl no matter what, so it's okay. Um, but at the same time, you kind of need Oregon to win out to go to the college football playoff uh, for the conference's sake. And so I think that's going to be a, a hot-button debate amongst Utah fans for the next few weeks here, and understandably so. I, I don't care. Especially because um, Oregon's the only team ranked in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah. that's. I feel like you want the whole conference. I understand like you want your team to win, but at the end of the day, you want the conference to, su- conference to succeed as a whole. Because, like... Or you, you know, want to lose in in the regular season and then face them in the pectoral championship game and get your your revenge then, right? And and then all of a sudden it makes that look better. But a lot of it's going to depend on how things shake out over the next so many weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. San Diego State was ranked, BYU was ranked. Those are both teams that Utah lost to, but you know still formidable opponents. And yep. the more that they continue to rise and or win games, the better it looks for the University of Utah as long as they continue to win. So it's 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 a really a fascinating scenario. To layout sammy what's your desired scenario it's so hard because i would love to see utah win out i would love to see when utah went out especially given that everything this team has been through that would be ideal but you know 
if we drop regular season game to Oregon, but still make it the Pac-12 championship and beat Oregon, that's fine with me. That's a-okay. Like I think I'm fine with that. I just, I just think that we need Oregon to be at their best to get there. And I, you know, I wish I could say that I had faith in more Pac-12 teams to like get their crap together and become ranked. But given the state of the teams that Utah has beaten, the only one that has a possibility of being ranked is Washington State, which is something that if you like, I didn't even think I would be saying given the circumstance that they're in with their coaching situation right now. So if Washington state somehow is able to like weasel their way in there or even Oregon state that boosts not only Utah, but it boosts the conference as a whole. So I don't know. I can't remember who else other than Washington. I don't know who else is on Washington state schedule, but like, I think you just need to, you want the rest of the PAC 12 to succeed. But if Utah has to drop one game, I would rather it be Oregon in the regular season because then Oregon has the possibility of winning out just to get them into the playoffs. And and we should note that Oregon really like has the most brutal schedule of, of any of the teams left in the conference. I think they have Washington this week. They have Utah next week. They have, if I'm not mistaken, the week after that, I think is when they play Washington State and then Oregon State. So it's yeah. not an easy stretch for them. There's a good chance. Yeah, so it goes Washington, excuse me, Washington, Washington State, Utah, uh, Oregon State. So, which not- like, how good is Washington? That's the thing, because you have them. You have like they have a good defense, but their offense is just hot garbage. And I don't and you, think they're going to win this week. So they're not. I don't think. I if I had, I don't think. I think Oregon comes out this weekend with a dub too, just because last week. Washington, I think at one point the score was nine to twelve, and it was just field goals that had been mm-hmm. kicked. Like it's ugly. It's it's, it's not, not good. Not it's not. It's not good in Seattle right now. No, no, and uh, honestly, like you put your so up there um, to some degree, just just for a um, a wrap up on that one. Oregon is a sixty three percent favorite to beat Washington this weekend. So a lot of this stuff is going to kind of unfold on its own, and and we'll reveal itself over the next couple of weeks. But I think it is a really interesting thing to talk about. And more than anything, it's always interesting to talk about these kinds of things with Sammy Mora. Sammy, we always run over time here, but I've been told by multiple people they're okay with it. So we'll roll with it. Where can the folks find you and where can they read and find your stuff? So you can find me on Twitter at S underscore Mora 99. Drop in fire tweets like my tweet requesting cam rising to be pac 12 special teams player of the week Um, (laughs) you can see tweets like that um you can find my writing um at the salt lake tribune it's mainly high school preps um with football playoffs are coming up trying to hit as many games as possible you can also find myself at ute zone uh mainly football but gymnastics is right around the corner so i will be gearing up for that shortly um and yeah, I think that's it. That's a lot of good places. Go find Sammy Morris. Go read her stuff. Sammy, thank you as always for for joining us. It's always great to have you. We enjoy it. And uh, you know, Colt Bagley is out this week, so we may have to uh, revisit some things. We'll uh, we'll keep the folks posted. In the meantime, make sure that you go follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. You can get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than thirty minutes with my girl Cindy Robinson. Cindy is awesome. Uh, if you haven't been listening, she's 
she and I try to have as much fun as we can in a 30 minute newsy podcast, but uh, it's not quite as much fun as Sammy and I have here. That's for sure. I mean, we always have fun no matter what we're talking about. So that's why that's why people love having you on the podcast. And uh, I'm happy to be the uh, Robin to your Batman. Well, I love coming on the pod. You know, it's a good time. It is. It is. It's a lot of fun. And I always appreciate you coming on. More than that, we genuinely appreciate everybody who, who follows us, who listens, who tunes into this thing. It's uh, still mind blowing that so many people care what we have to say, but we appreciate you. We like you. We love you. That's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. You can find myself at Brown Bear SLC on Twitter at Locked on Utes is the Twitter account, Locked on Utes at gmail.com, where you can email us, send us your epistles, your whatever. Uh, there is rumor that we'll be doing a Twitter spaces during the second quarter of the Utah Stanford game. We'll see how things are going. If people are angry and upset, I don't want to do it, so uh, we probably won't do it, but uh, stay tuned to Twitter for that. Um, it may not happen to I don't know what to do with Twitter spaces. I mean, I'll, I'll have. I'll be at high school. I'll be at a high school football game. Yeah, so. I don't, I may need Sammy's help at some point. So we'll, we'll figure that one out down the road. But thank you again for listening to the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for November 3rd, 2021.